Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Hey everybody, it's Amanda Gedaniger from Progress Texas, subbing in for Sotvik this week. I'm joined by our Executive Director at Espinoza, Advocacy Manager Diana Gomez, and Communications Manager Wesley Story. Uh, welcome and thank you for, for welcoming me into this, uh, this space. Um, so today we're going to talk about what it's like to be on the ground to defend abortion and voting rights in Texas. Um, but I wanted to start out just kind of uh, talking about some of the, the breaking news of the day. You might have heard uh, that the world lost a monarch this morning. Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, passed away at the age of 99. So I know the UK is mourning, and um, but I want to know from, from y'all, what monarchy would you just not shed a tear over losing? I would not shed a tear over losing the Texas GOP, and I know that that might be bad, but I don't mean losing as far as anyone dying or anything like that. I just want them to go away. <laughs> because at the end of the day, the Texas GOP, they constantly use religion to try to influence our laws, and we've seen that a lot this week. I know that Diana and I are going to talk about that in a little while, so I would say that they are equivalent to a monarchy <laughs> in that way. Um. Well, uh, similar to that, mine, mine is uh, maybe a little abstract, but the monarchy of college basketball championships being owned in the state of North Carolina. Growing up, you constantly saw like Duke, North Carolina, Duke, North Carolina. And then here, Baylor wins its first, the second national championship for Texas, the first for Baylor. It was good to see the monarchy of college basketball being removed from North Carolina, at least for a little while. That's such a specific one, Ed. Yes. <laughs> I have one that I'm very terrified about. Um, this might be the very first time I get hate mail, and that's cool. I'm prepared. I, I should take, you know, hot takes every now and then. Um, so I'm going to throw out Chick-fil-A. Again, controversial, I know. Um, <laughs> um, I love chicken. It's, it's nothing against chicken potatoes. They're my two main food groups that I love and adore and could not do without. But there are so many other places um, to get chicken and potatoes. And, and you can make it yourself too, but a lot of other fast food options. But just the fact that they've invested so much money in um, anti-LGBTQIA hate groups, um, both domestically and abroad, is really bothers me. It makes the chicken taste a little less crispy and delicious, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and and has uh, pushed me to to other places. But um, so Chick Fil A, or if they could, you know, change their ways, uh, that would be great too. If that could die, the the hate would be cool, would be delicious. <laughs> the king yeah. of chicken. <laughs> The chicken well, king. Speaking, speaking of these, you know, big mega companies uh, and how they impact, you know, people like Diana. Um, it's been interesting to see in the last couple of weeks all of the corporations that have come out against some of the voting rights bills in Texas. Um, Ed, uh, what does it mean for Texas to for all of these uh, different companies to say, no, we're not going to stand for it. So good question. And a big topic over the past two weeks, Progress Texas took part in a full page ad that was in the Houston Chronicle and the Dallas Morning News at urging com uh, companies to take a public position against voter suppression. And what it means is that this is an issue that's gone just beyond politics. This is, this is so much bigger than that now. It's actually getting to be an issue that is bad for business. Voter suppression is bad for business. And it's not the first time we've seen this. You know, you saw it four years ago when the legislature was taking up bathroom bill legislation and companies came out against that as well 
And eventually that legislation died in the special session of the legislature that year. We're hoping for something similar this time around. You're seeing it in Texas. You're seeing it in Georgia. And some of these companies, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Dell, Microsoft, these are the big names that you that everybody is familiar with. And for them to come out and take a position, it's normally a pretty big risk for a company to do that. But what, what you're seeing is there's more risk they think there's more risk in not saying something. And that's a pretty big message. And something I think is really important, Ed, which you touched on a little bit there, is that this isn't just happening. These corporations aren't just coming out of nowhere. This is a result of organizing, you know, Texans, different organizations like Progress Texas, but a ton of other organizations too, like Texas Organizing Project, Move Texas, TCRP, are all calling on these um, larger corporations to speak out against this anti-voting legislation. Because as Ed mentioned, we know that voter suppression is bad for democracy, but we need Texas businesses to realize that voter suppression is bad for the bottom line as well. At the end of the day, our economy will suffer because of voter suppression. And there was actually uh, recently a um, report that was commissioned by the Texas Civil Rights Project. And that report says that Texas stands to lose potentially tens of billions of dollars if these laws are, or if these bills are made into law, and then also potentially thousands of jobs could be lost in our state as well. And so I think that's something that's a lot of people don't realize. I mean, we know the negative consequences um, as far as keeping people from the ballot box and not having access to democracy, and that's hugely important. But we know that Republicans like to talk about being the party of um, fiscal responsibility. These laws are not fiscally responsible. 100%. And I think, you know, folks have already seen the repercussions of the voter suppression laws that have come out of Georgia. You know, so, so many organizations and businesses have decided, you know, that they don't want to do business in Georgia anymore. And so for all these organizations to come together um, to, to push for these businesses to speak out against these voter suppression laws is, is honestly, it helps the businesses. It's really great for the businesses to show that they are on the right side of history because they've seen what's happened in Georgia. They know that that could happen and will happen in Texas if these bills are passed. So it's very smart of them to be coming out against these laws. And I know there are a lot of uh, folks in the GOP that say that, oh, they need to stay out of out of politics. But no, no, no. This is, like y'all said, the bottom line. They want to protect their pocketbooks. They know that these laws are so stupid and racist. They want nothing to do with it. They don't want to lose their money. Um, they're smart. I think the folks need to wise up and decide that uh, they need to vote against these bills. You know, Something a good example... Sorry. I mentioned earlier that uh, this happened four years ago where companies came out against the bathroom bill. You know, I, I was talking about college basketball at the beginning of this. I actually didn't know that there was going to be a tie-in to basketball monarchies in this. But the NCAA <laughs> pulled championship games out of North Carolina four years ago when that state passed a bathroom bill. And a championship game, a Final Four uh, event in somebody's city could be up to $300 million. They pulled seven championship games out of North Carolina because of that. So there you're looking at, at, at hundreds of millions of dollars because of a bad policy. And they've done it. They did it there and they could do it again. And next time it could be Texas. So there's some real consequences here. 
I also I want to point out um, the hypocrisy and something that Diana mentioned too, because for Republicans, it's always um, corporations are people; they should be able to contribute <laughs> to our political campaigns. They can give millions, billions of dollars to get me elected to office, but all of a sudden, whenever they actually use their voice and take a stance against something terrible that's happening, oh, they should stay out of politics. You know, it's just ridiculous the amount of like. Um, the mental gymnastics that they're doing to try to justify trying to keep organizations from speaking out against these bills. It's almost as if they're canceling their political <laughs> involvement. I don't know. The GOP is the party of cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And I just want to, for one second, bring Chick-fil-A back into the conversation. Because <laughs> that's another good example of what you were talking about, Wesley, was that the GOP was so hardcore on defending Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A's rights to be in airports. I think they were banned in uh, like an airport in San Antonio or something a few years back and they were like no this you know corporation has the right to stand by its values and decide this and that but again only when it serves them so what what kind of bills do you think uh corporations need to be paying attention to that they haven't paid attention to yet in terms of our uh our voting rights attacks wesley yeah so we um have already really covered sb7 and hb6 and so i I don't want to get into those two bills too much because they're the ones that a lot of people are already familiar with you know sb7 is the bill that we're calling the jim crow act and hb6 is also this terrible bill that was recently passed out of the house elections committee Um, we talked about those a couple of weeks ago and so but this past week diana and i were at the texas capitol and the house elections committee heard a whole slate of other bad voting bills um some of these bills one of them for example is house bill 1026 um, which would basically end the volunteer deputy registrar program and make the texas secretary of state the main registrar for the entire state Um, this bill had a fiscal note of 106 million dollars which is Wild, um, And I don't think that it's necessarily going to go anywhere. But when you think about the fact that they are trying to get rid of this program and that's how much it would cost our state, it's just um, Republican. Again, it's bad for our democracy and it's bad for business. We don't have the money to support our schools right now, but we have the money to suppress voters. Um, It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. and, And at a time when, you know, we could be focusing on COVID relief on getting money back from the devastation that's been caused. You know, uh, Progress Texas released this really uh, great poll uh, where Texans were asked, what's the number one thing you want the legislature to focus on? And that is COVID relief. And there are bills like that that have been filed in the state legislature. Um, And folks who are watching, you know, you can tell your friends, like, please uh, tell your friends to, to contact the representatives and let them know that that should be the main focus. Those are the bills that exist that have been filed. That's the relief that, that we need to, to get out of this mess that we're in. So I'm dropping into the chat uh, the action that Diane, Diana just referenced. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, you'll be able to find that in the show notes. Uh, you know, and one last thing on uh, voting rights I I saw earlier this week as well that uh, Diddy came out with a letter to corporate America, um, you know, pretty much telling telling corporate America to put your money where your mouth is. If corporations are going to support black owned businesses um, for social media bumps to their own social accounts, uh, then you need to pay them. You need to you need to put your money where your mouth is. Um, What would you have to say to the GOP, the Texas GOP or companies that have yet 
uh, to come out against these voting bills. Uh, what, what would your letter to corporate America or to the GOP say? Diana, do you want to start? Yeah, I think to, to corporate America, you know, to, to join in on all of these other uh, organizations that are standing against these uh, Jim Crow laws, because, you know, a lot of corporations after last summer released a lot of campaigns talking about how not only do, do Black Lives Matter, which is 100 percent true, but that Black Lives Matter, especially in their company. And it's really important to know that black votes matter as well. And so if they really believe in that, they need to stand up against these Jim Crow laws. It's funny you should ask this, Amanda, because this past weekend I actually was writing letters, technically emails, not letters, to some corporations who I was calling on to speak out against these bills. Um, specifically, I emailed SpaceX because they're a new company here in Texas, and Elon Musk has a big um, public he has a whole lot of publicity and lots of folks know who he is. So I emailed him, I emailed HEB, and I also reached out to Whataburger. Those are all organizations that I've been hoping would come out against these bills. And what I said was basically, you know, the communities, especially SpaceX, where they're based, those are the communities where that are gonna be most impacted by this legislation. Um, you're taking advantage of being in a state and being in an area, Elon Musk specifically, where it's cheap and you don't have to pay a whole lot. Um, you're trying to convince people to move out there to work for your company. So you should be standing up for these values so that you can protect the people that are moving to Texas and the people already living in the area where you're doing business. By the way, I'll point out that when Wesley emailing those companies, that was not part of his job. He wasn't paid to do that. This is just like a regular Saturday night for Wesley. He's like, oh, I think I'm gonna send a letter to SpaceX and to some other folks. And uh, it's very admirable. Yeah. It, so, I, it, what, it, admire it? My, my, my activist heart. It's very warm. <laughs> yeah. Was the subject line like blast these bills into outer space or something? <laughs> it wasn't, but <laughs> I actually tweeted at them too from the progress account. So I think the subject line said something around like reply to our tweet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I think go going back to the question, Amanda, about Diddy, you know, it's, it's, it's important to get companies involved because when, when companies don't take a position, they're basically just kind of giving leverage to people who are pushing these things. I think the line that he uses when you're not taking a side, you're, you're basically giving leverage to the oppressor. And look, people are, are people want to buy from brands that they feel connected to, that they're associated with. And, uh, you know, black votes matter, brown votes matter. Young votes matter, student votes. There's so I mean, you, the list goes on, right? This is not one segment. This is everybody, and companies should take a position on this stuff. And th this this type of stuff works. You know, one of the things I've been uh, talking about recently is that you can't go to a pride parade without seeing like a Southwest Airlines or a Bank of America float or something in the parade. And that was the success of decades of organizing and getting businesses involved. And we're seeing the same thing here with voting rights. Like this is 2021 and we're still fighting about voting rights. It's really crazy, right? You, you always think about voting rights as something from like the 60s, but here we are fighting these battles again, but to get companies involved is gonna be really helpful, not only because of the economic impact and it shows some sort of consequence, but let's face it, a lot of these Republicans listen to companies more than they listen to people. So we could use their help.
After the Progress Texas Happy Hour, be sure and pop over to ProgressTexas.org and check out all our great merch. Perfect for letting the world know that you're on the side of progress in Texas, too. Cool t-shirts and beautiful shades of blue. An awesome pride pack. Y'all means all. Buttons, stickers, can coolers, and more. Show your pride in progress at our web store at ProgressTexas.org. Speaking of, of parades and, and kind of crazy situations, uh, I kind of want to ask uh, Wesley and Diana, you know, what was it like being on the ground this week um, defending bor- abortion rights? Um, I heard some some pretty crazy things were happening in, you know, what we call the war rooms at the Texas Capitol. Diana, do you want to start us off kind of telling us about uh, some of the things you saw? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we went, uh, we were at the Capitol this week, but specifically this day was on on Wednesday where Wesley and I got there pretty early around 839 uh, and, you know, signed up to register in opposition to a whole slate of anti-abortion bills, you know, so many. Uh, and, and I signed up to testify against one of them, my first time testifying. Uh, and then anyways, 12 hours later, <laughs> I finally got to to testify. So it was a, very much a wild ride because a lot of times you don't know when the bills are gonna be called and what order and what order folks are gonna be called up to testify. I was, uh, it was really great to be there along with our other partners at, in the Trust Respect Access Coalition. Uh, uh, Planned Parenthood Texas Votes and uh, Avow and Lilith Fund, Jane's Due Process, a, a whole bunch of others that, that I haven't even mentioned. Um, so that was a really beautiful experience to be in camaraderie with everyone supporting each other because holy moly were a bunch of weird things said by the antis. Uh, you know, when you register to testify, you, you put on there uh, who you're going to represent and it's usually like yourself or a group you're with. Um, and a lot of them said, I'm here to represent Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of them had their kids testify who were like six, seven years old and weren't wearing masks. It was just, it was a lot. It was very intense. What was it like for you, Wesley? Yeah, so I think it's really funny you should mention that, Diana, because yesterday we were at the Capitol again, so on Thursday this week, um, to register against a bunch of bad voting rights bills. And I was telling all the voting rights organizers that these House Elections Committee hearings have nothing on the anti-abortion hearings that we were going through. Like, we (laughs) thought those were bad, like all the conspiracy theorists that show up at the Capitol to speak about the election laws. But y'all, those people that show up for the abortion hearings are so much worse. Um, One thing I'll say is it's really easy to feel defeated doing this work. Um, we have a lot of stuff coming at us from all different directions. I, Diana mentioned she had to wait for 12 hours before she could testify. That's a strategy on the Texas Republicans' part. Um, they're pushing through lots of bills, having hearings for 12, 16 bills in one day. That's not how it should be happening. These bills need more attention. Um, they should be given the time necessary to actually like think through them and like hear from constituents and make changes to them as needed. That's not what's happening here. And the reason that they're doing it that way is they know that they can get it, they can have a days long hearing um, and really just wear out the organizers who are showing up to testify against these bills. Um, but like I said, it's easy to feel defeated, but the strength and the resilience from all of the people who have been showing up at the Capitol, organizing and really just working 24 seven to protect our rights has been inspiring. Um, 
And we mentioned this, but there are so many folks who are being brought into the fold now. So it's not just organizers, it's activists, lawyers, business leaders, politicians. The list is growing more and more. And I think that our lawmakers are seeing that um, and it's making them make changes to the bills. You know, the other um, yesterday, I believe SB 11 is like this. It was this terrible um, bill that was going to reduce the number of appellate courts in Texas from 14 to 7. And the reason for that was to basically, yeah, it was gerrymandering the courts. And that was just to give Republicans more power over the courts. Well, the senator who authored that bill went ahead and pulled it because she was like, this bill's not going anywhere this session. Um, and that just goes to show, like, this is working. What we're doing is working and we need to keep doing it. So, Ed, what what are some things that we're doing that uh, in abortion rights arena uh, that that puts this pressure on. So in Texas, it is like, okay, you remember in 2013, we had like this huge session on abortion rights. It was the session of the Wendy Davis filibuster. And I remember listening to a Texas Tribune podcast afterwards. And one of the people on the podcast said, will abortion, is this it? Is it over? Will it be a big issue in 2015? And one of the reporters says, no, this is Texas. The abortion will always be an issue, will always come up. And that's what you're seeing here in 2019. What year is it? 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Is it 2023 yet? That's what you're seeing here in 2021 is it's basically coming back. And one of the bills that is that came up two years ago and is back again is the six week abortion ban. Right. And like they call it I'm going to give them a free plug on their messaging. They call it the heartbeat bill, fetal heartbeat. As soon as you detect a heartbeat, it's 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 got to stay or or they have to carry to term. The problem with this is it is genuinely a six week abortion ban. That is what it really, that's what we're calling it. That's what it really is. And the reason is because a lot of people don't even know they're pregnant after six weeks. Right? It doesn't make any sense. So this is one of the bills that they're pushing. There's so many other, I think there were like seven that we are following here at Progress Texas. There are probably many more that thankfully don't have the, the ability to move that far, but there's seven that we're tracking. Uh, maybe we can grab that link, and put that in the show notes as well. And um, you know, it's just always something with these guys. But here, here's the good news. The resilience of the movement and of the activists and everybody that Wesley and Diana mentioned showing up, I think is really important because that organizing works. It works to slow down the bills, to water down the bills, and ultimately to stop the bills. And of course, it's Texas. It's hard to do all of it, but it's worth it. It pays off. You get you, Defending your rights takes some work, and, and you know, thankfully, most years we're able to get most of it done. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I was just going to say a hundred percent. I felt like part of me also wanted to to go up there and start off with. I also am here representing Jesus Christ because um, I'm someone who my faith um, is 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 what uh, called me to be there and to speak on behalf of Texans um, and and their lives and their bodily autonomy. Um, and I'm pretty sure Jesus never talked about abortion in the Bible. Um, as a, I'm not the, the best Catholic and having read everything in there, but, uh, you know, pretty sure that's accurate. And, you know, I think it was a lot of the, the faith, a lot of faith leaders too, that were there to talk about bodily autonomy and to talk about that the different people from different faiths and different backgrounds who have had abortions. And what I loved that everybody uh, kept repeating um, in, in the Trust Respect Access Coalition, all the people defending Texans' rights and freedoms to decide what to do with their body is that everyone said, you know, even y'all in this committee, every single one of you know and love somebody who's had an abortion. So just remember that. 
And I also think, Diana, we need to give a shout out to the legislators who are on the Public yes. Health Committee because our, the, our Democratic legislators, at least, were really holding people's feet to the fire. They were asking really great questions. You know, there was one exchange between someone from a um, one of the antis who was there speaking on the bill who's supposedly a lawyer. Um, and clearly didn't understand Supreme Court precedent and didn't understand that Roe v. Wade is the law of the land. You know, they're just, these bills are unconstitutional and they're just straight up ignoring Roe. Um, and our legislators were holding them accountable and asking questions. And one of them asked, like, did they not teach you this in law school? Like, this was the first thing I learned on day one in law school. And you seem to just have no idea about any of it. And I think that that's, um, that's important, too, because we need our legislators in the Capitol who are sitting on these committees um, to ask these questions so that these things are in the um, official record and so that they can be used in the future if these bills do get turned into laws because they're going to be lawsuits against them and the, the stuff needs to be in the record not surprising so that we have people making laws who <laughs> don't know anything about exactly laws. yeah i yeah. actually I, I, mean, I, I get a question for wesley and diana as the progress texas people who are on the ground in the capitol you've spent probably more hours at the capitol this past week than you care to admit What's the food like in the war room that you're hanging out in? What are they bringing? Are they bringing you pizzas? Bringing you sandwiches? Is it some gourmet stuff? Is it some cardboard stuff? Like, what do you, what do you got going on in there? So we were actually really well taken care of on Wednesday by the TRA coalition. Um, Anna ordered us, there were sandwiches, there was pizza, there were these little um, like vegan uh, meals, I don't know, like salads and stuff like that. And so we were really well provided for on Wednesday. On Thursday, we ended up just eating in the um, Capitol. They have a cafeteria there, so we just ate there instead, but yeah. Yeah, day one, uh, there was when we were able to go outside and, and yeah, have pizza with arugula on it. That was so fancy and very much self-care <laughs> in the midst of all the hot mess that was going on inside. But I was in the waiting room, um, in the overflow room for a very long time without food, and I was getting super hungry. And a very nice uh, woman next to me sneaked me some uh, mini Oreos. And we're not supposed to have food inside of, of this particular building, in the Reagan building. And so I was just like sneakily shove an Oreo into my mask and chew on that. <laughs> hide, the, hide them in your cheeks under your mask. Yeah, yeah. And nobody could see the mess because it was under my mask. So it was all <laughs> I'm, I'm always wondering why there hasn't been like a, a food dispensing mask yet. Right? Just like, just right in there. I could just nuzzle in and get some. some yes. have, you, have you ever tried to chew with a mask on? Like it slowly pulls the mask off. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> um, real quickly, before we before we jump uh, from the subject, who are, who are all the partners? Like you mentioned, Texas Civil Rights Project earlier today. You mentioned TRA, uh, which is the Trust Respect Access Coalition. But like some of the other partners in the room, for those who maybe don't know as much about what it's like to be in the trenches like who, who are these rooms with you amanda i know that you you know some of these people too but like just collectively i'm curious if you all could share some of the people that you you're working with on some of these different both voting rights and abortion rights right now so i, I feel like i took over amanda's detail uh, i took over amanda's job here for a second sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> I, I can talk a little bit about um, some of the voting rights folks. So um, Move Texas, again, has a lot of different people that come out to testify on these bills. Texas Civil Rights Project, 
um, Jolt, Texas, was actually at the Capitol yesterday, and they did this really awesome action. Um, they dropped roses in the rotunda um, to represent all of the um, young Latino voters who come of age every year in Texas. Um, and who these bills would potentially limit their ability to access the ballot box. Um, so that was an awesome visual. Um, other organizations that I might be forgetting, let me know, Diana. Uh, I mean, there are a ton. Common Cause <laughs> Texas, which is where Amanda is formerly from. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of folks. Texas Rising <laughs> always sends out tons of people to testify mm -hmm. on these bills, too. So we have to give them props, both the, in the abortion space and the voting rights space. So. Yeah, and, and some of the other folks that um, I'm just remembering that I forgot to mention that they were um, in the room with us were folks from also from Texas Rising. Um, one of our very own interns, Victoria, was was there uh, and was able to, to testify as well. So it was really cool uh, to see, you know, a, a friendly, you know, work face there also standing up for, for folks' rights. Uh, deeds, not words. Uh, we're really close to them. They had uh, folks there testifying. Um, again, Jane's Due Process, Avow, Lilith Fund. A lot of the abortion funds uh, work is, is was there and was represented. Um, and, and it was really important because some of these bills, you know, obviously attack a lot of the work that we're doing. But specifically, you know, the, we had a, a bill that was attacking uh, folks by saying that if you either lived in Texas or outside of Texas and you found out about someone who had an abortion, you can sue them. Um, so that would directly, yeah, attack Lilith Fund and, and the work that, that they do. And um, yeah, it's just really ridiculous. Like the most ridiculous provisions you could think of, you know, were out there. But what's not ridiculous, that whole coalition of groups showing up standing side by side to do this, this work together. I think that's pretty cool. Literally yeah. standing side by side. I was gonna mention we participated in an action on Wednesday with Planned Parenthood Texas Votes um, and they gave each of us a letter to spell out abortion as healthcare and we were wearing medical garb as well and we did a whole bunch of chants together and it was really, it was a lot of fun and just a great like bonding experience. You know, it's been like a year since COVID happened and we really haven't seen any of these folks in person for the longest time. So it was great to actually get to know them a little bit more and see them face to face. Um, but yeah, you're right. I'm literally standing side to side trying to defeat these bills. Um, well, <laughs> thanks again, Ed, Diana, Wesley, uh, for your expertise this week and, and welcoming me into this space. It was uh, an easy, breezy, beautiful conversation, I think. Um, and everyone who's watching and everyone who's listening, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you can head over to progresstexas.org to follow us on social uh, and subscribe to our email list. If you're listening, subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcast apps and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Bye, y'all. See y'all. The Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, with music by Walker Lukens. Please subscribe and share, and thanks so much for listening. See you again next week.